0: Hi, all, and welcome to Latte & Laundry. I'm Suzanne Billado And I'm Julie Loin. And this is a podcast, two best friends, on a mission finding balance in motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between, as we attempt to crawl towards the greater height that Christ has called each of us, sainthood. So if you are also far from perfect, but are trying, then you are in good company. So grab a latte and some
1: laundry and join us as we laugh, cry, encourage one another, and dust each other off as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world.
0: Welcome back, guys. Hey, everybody. Um, Okay, so today we're actually going to start another three-part mini-series. And this one's kind of a meaty one. Um, We say that a lot, but it's true. We talk about a lot of meaty things. I feel like all of ours are super meaty. I know, I I agree. They're so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, so, okay, this one we're going to dive into, which is really kind of important to Julie and I, is the idea of— raising your children in the faith, kind of how to how how to raise our children to be God loving, glorifying people, right? And it's it's like this great calling of our vocation as moms and fathers and all this. So we were like, this is not a one part topic. This is definitely That's gonna great. be a three part series. Um so today we're gonna kind of talk into the calling of it and the beauty of it and kind of what our Lord is asking us to do in our vocation as moms to raise our children to know Him and love Him. And then next week, we're going to kind of dive into some of the nitty gritties, some of the struggles and the real challenges and the practical ways of maybe how we can address some of those so that we can help our children grow in faith. And then I'm not going to tell you who it is, but we have a really exciting um, person who's going to wrap up a special guest. It's uh, a secret. It's a secret, <laughs> but you're not going to want to miss it because she's amazing. We and, like our. We
1: can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, we're, we're like s- starstruck. Yeah, is that we're the right so, word? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so
0: so excited to have her on. So, anyways, um, I'm going to pass it over to Julie to um, open us up with our Bible verse today, and then we'll kind of dive in. Perfect. So.
1: All right, so we're going to start with Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four and five. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Mm. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) my brother's gonna comment on that Mm. Mm. (gasps) oh that's big it's big and it's funny because I was I was actually talking to my brother right before we came over and yeah he lives on on our property and I was like so we're recording this thing tonight and I was like I got nothing to add to this I feel like I'm gonna quote Um, the whole whole podcast because I'm like you know so many great people, mm-hmm. the church and yep. saints and people today have had these beautiful ideas of how to raise children in the faith
0: and how to do it well. So I'm like, I'm just going to quote a whole bunch of people. I love it though. <laughs> I feel like that's, I feel like that's what we do best is we bring a bunch <laughs> no. of people. Like it's not our wisdom, right? Yes. We bring a bunch of people's wisdom. Yeah. To the table. Like most
1: everything we say, we try, like, it's not what Susan and I, Suzanne and I think. It's like, here's what the church teaches. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. So beautiful. So, so shameful. So,
0: like, did you have something you wanted to start with, or shall I dive in with some of the stuff from the catechism that, like, I don't know, what are you feeling? Yeah, get I actually girl. I have well, no,
1: I'm the same way. I got I got a lot of catechism things. And I was just thinking about this reading that we start out with, which I think typically we kind of read and then like keep Move going. On. But like for some reason, this one, Mike and I read for night prayer, and I forget what day it falls on. But for one night, I get to read this during the week. And it's always like hit me like this is what you teach your children mm. when you're sitting, when you're standing, when you're walking, when you're doing whatever you're doing, you are teaching them about God,
0: whatever mm-hmm. you're doing. Yes. Right? Yeah. And I think that's like a really like, okay, am I doing that? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> but I Dude, think what is so cool is if you go to the beginning of your Bible verse, which talks about to love God with all your heart, with yes. all your soul, with all your mind, right? We, I think we pass over that one a lot. And did we talk about this in a previous podcast? Because I know I talked about this we might Recently, have. Recently in a Bible study that I do with my daughter and her uh, middle school girlfriends. Anyways. Yeah. Um, but it's like, look at that. It didn't start now. And now, okay, it didn't say, okay, here's all the formulas. This yes. is what you need to do to teach all your kids to know and love God. No, it's like, it's asking us to love God ourselves. Love God with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our souls. Not just like a little, like with all of, all of it.
1: Right? And, and that's when… When we can get to that point, which we're a hot mess. So we're yep. still working we're on still it. Still working on but it. But when we get to that point, that's mm. when we exude that love mm. to our children. And mm. then they see. Yeah. So yeah, we can teach and we can do all these things. Like right. Suzanne said it's not a formula. It will literally just be an everyday action. Mm-hmm. And everything that we do, everything we say, will just be exuding that joy, mm-hmm. that peace, those gifts that God has for us. And I think this verse is just
0: super so b- powerful. Perfect yeah.
1: for right. talking and about I think, raising children. I
0: think if you th- if you think about it, um, I don't know that until I kind of became a parent myself and faith was so important to me that I realized how much y- we often relied on whether it was your the CCD teachers or if you went to a Catholic school or whatever that that's where you learned about your faith. Right. But I just love how this is like no sorry. Yeah. And I think that all the time I'm like if it's something that's so important in your homes like, okay, yes, there's all those things you want to do, like, you know, that are beautiful, right? Saying the rosary as a family or reading the daily gospel or saying your prayers before um, grace, before you eat and whatnot. But it's just this idea of like, if it is so important from you to you, it should be. And I don't mean that you won't be sinful because we're human. take a day and walk into my house and you'll see that
1: whole <laughs> hot mess a lot.
0: Yes. However, it's that idea, right? That like, if your love for God is so on fire, Like, you can't be a mom to these little children and it not become what you talk about when they're sitting, when they're lying down. I remember Madeline being like, I don't know, this is where it sounds so ridiculous. She might've been like four years old and she's my firstborn. And I remember being in the kitchen and something was like, had just gone real wrong or something. But like, again, I know people can probably relates to this where you have some grace-filled moments where you really experience the power of God's graces where you're like, wow, you were just totally with me. I should be a disaster. I should be on the floor right now, but I'm just like, all is well. All is well. You know it's not you.
1: You're like, that's the grace of God. Yeah, Yeah. because you're like,
0: all is well. God is good. God is good. I remember turning to her, and she's like eating her macaroni and cheese or something. I remember turning to her, and I was like, Madeline, did you know? She's like, what, mom? I'm like, did you know that because of Jesus— like, nothing matters. Like, all will be good. Like, no matter what happens, if you love our Lord, like, all will be well. No matter what circumstances, no matter how hard your days are, how ugly your life is. And she looked at me with, like, a deer in the headlights. Like, okay. I mean, but th- those are the types of things I'm talking about. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, always um, catechizing our kids, right? Which all that stuff is really important. i right. I'm not brushing over that. But it's that, like, your fierce love that then translates because… It's just part of your everyday language with your own children, yeah, right? and then when you hear them
1: talking like that, oh yeah, you're like, oh, 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 oh. It, it is actually like entering into you. And it, and and I know like something so small that we do when an ambulance goes by, like yeah. we pray, right? And John Paul, my three year old, like an ambulance, he mm. heard it and he goes, mom, from across mm. the yard, just, mom, mm. we have to pray. pray. I was like, "Yes, yes we do, kids." Yeah. So we all got together. We prayed the Hail Mary, and then another one came by like a minute later. God, pray! Yeah, you are like those so are the little beautiful. things. It's yeah. so fun, and it's funny yeah. that you you know when you say, you know, our job as parents is the most important job with mm. our kids. And you said so beautifully, like we're not. It's not like you are sending your kid off to CCD, and you are like, you are gonna you are mm-hmm. gonna teach this to my children. And the church, going back to the Catechism, like it says in Catechism to. Uh, I don't know how to read this number twenty two twenty
0: one. Okay, great two 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 thousand two hundred and twenty one two 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 who won? Okay, it's so funny because I'm like, which one is she going to choose? Because I have two 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 three two 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 five two 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 six. I'm like, oh great, you chose two 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 one. So basically, go read the catechism because it's amazing two 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 one
1: two 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 eight or something. Yeah. Okay. So it says the role of parents in education is as such importance that it is almost impossible to reproduce an adequate substitute impossible right yeah. that is our job that's and a job is is something different it's a vocation mm. right it's our calling it's our it's our what we ought to do what mm. is good and right yeah. for our children and then we go to C.S. Lewis like I said Suzanne I'm literally just gonna please, quote a whole please. bunch of people please okay? well, you know how much I love C.S. Lewis I love too, C.S. So. and I'm, I I can't remember if this is in the catechism tour or if I read it somewhere else but Get C.S. It, Lewis Get it. says and this is where I was like yes he says there is only one reason to teach your children anything Mm. Because it is true.
0: A Mm. parent who
1: considers not teaching their children that Jesus is God and the Savior of the world does not believe that Jesus is God Mm. and the Savior of the world. I do not mean that as a condemnation, simply as an observation. So what he's saying is, if you believe that Jesus is God, it is a truth. We teach our children truths all the all time. time. Right, science, yeah, um, right, math, and mm-hmm. like what are other topics? Mm-hmm. Latin, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're teaching your kids. If you believe it's true, you're going to teach them. Mm-hmm. So why would this be the thing that you hold back from your children? Right. Amen. Oh, amen. I heard that and I was like, okay. "Oh, Holy Spirit!" Okay. You know, I was like, it, "And it's so true because I, I." I find that this actually should be the focus of everything that we're teaching, right? Mm. Every every aspect of what we're doing should be focused on God-centered. And I think the cool thing with with Suzanne and I homeschooling is we can kind of tailor it to that. And
0: we've talked about this before with our homeschooling um, experience where I'm very type A personality and you'd be shocked at how I homeschool because it doesn't quite look type A. I tend to be a little bit more like, okay, let's adventure and do this together. Let's learn this together or whatnot. And I think it's because I've, I've listened to and learned from other awesome women who I look up to with regards to how much they love our Lord and want to translate that down into their childrens who also love Him. And I'm like, at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, you can have all these things you want for your kids. You want them to, you know, learn how to read or get into a good college or have a great career or meet the woman of their dreams or man of their dreams or whatever it is. And you want them to have these these lives that on paper look good have had these accomplishments right that's like obviously there's nothing wrong that's with human that's fine that desiring right. these good things for your kids that's right. all beautiful right but at the end of the day if your truest goal which it should be is for your kids to know and love our Lord so deeply the rest of that stuff is kind of just second rate right like yeah. then with regards to like homeschooling or whatever it is, I'm kind of like, meh. I mean, I want my kids to do good. So don't get me wrong. I was academic. That was my life. However, like, I I feel like God's just been so good to my very weak heart of being like, yeah, but I don't want them to only want to know about me to get a grade.
1: Which is so funny, Suzanne, because that is what you taught me our first year homeschooling. Mm. Because I was so... Oh my gosh, is my kid learning everything? Is right. he getting everything? And Suzanne, who is like the education, like no, like just so brilliant, she's like, it's not about that. Like, yes, do right. do what you need good. to do. Don't, yeah, don't, don't fall back on things. But
0: she taught me so perfectly that first year. It's okay. And I think it translates into how we also teach our children the faith. Okay. Because. All those things are important. Okay. Let's all sit down and do a rosary together. Our family likes to do it at night. We call it gospel time. And <laughs> yes. like uh, they've literally like done a little like rodeo type dance to like gospel time, gospel yes. time. Okay. And my husband, Paul. Which we have to record and send. Okay. Everybody. Well, okay. totally. Have to send my husband, Paul, will sit down and read the daily gospel. And then we kind of talk about it as a family. And then we do some just night prayers and go to bed, whatever. Um, And that doesn't always look so pretty because my oldest right now is 11 and my youngest is two and we have five kids and we've been doing it for probably four or five years now. And so it's been like newborns and fussy kids and kids throwing meltdowns or climbing on things they shouldn't be climbing. So it's it's not always easy, right? And I think you do, there is an extent where you do want to teach your kids, okay, this is a time of either reverence or you need to Mm. listen to mom and dad. So I am not brushing that off when I say these things. But again, it's like, there also has to be a balance of wanting to have these beautiful um, rituals that are important to your family, the prayer time. All those things are not only too important to our family, but important to the church and to God himself. But if we do it in a way where we just, it's like going to mass, right? It's a real hard struggle when you go to mass and your kids are all over the place. Yes, they need to learn reverence. But if you're shaming them and angry because a two-year-old wants to climb around and isn't kneeling, (laughs) at times we should be kneeling. Yeah we have to gain perspective because they're going to come to know the love of Christ, which to me, that's the biggest thing. If you come to know God, you'll come to the church. You'll come to, like in my mind, I'm like, if you get that down, (laughs) the rest is going to follow suit. Right. But if it's become this forced, rigid, shamed, experience because now you got to do all the things yes. mom and dad say you have to do it doesn't matter that you're two and you still have a diaper on no we don't have time for that yeah. in the middle of mass like you need if, which i have absolutely in the middle of consecration like looked at my two or three-year-old like, and
1: been like <laughs> rah, 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 absolutely and like
0: oh wait.
1: Right. like you're two <laughs> right right and and that's jesus like <laughs> right? he's getting him however oh, I mean, he exactly. squirminess is doing and i remember that exact feeling of being like oh snap okay i gotta take it back
0: a minute yeah. because that's not how they're gonna Right. find Christ's love right right and that's where I feel like at a young age it's the same thing we we're saying with schooling it's like it's those relationships over the formula the the what do you call it the not though it's like uh, rituals. Not um, just rituals. Yeah. Like the formula, the doing all the motions. It's it's not just doing all the motions, sticking by the rules. All those things are important. And right. yes, I still get my, there. I teach my kids the Ten Commandments. We do the Rosary of the Divine yes, Mercy together. Yes. We try to do all those things. I'm not saying don't do them. But if your goal, okay, if you look at your children, you're like, my goal is for them to know the Rosary. And that is my goal for this year. That's a beautiful goal, but that should not trump them knowing the love of Christ through knowing you as the witness of it. So you t- like okay? Like I said, I
1: have nothing of my own. Great. This is more. So Suzanne, I can't even handle your fire right now because it is exactly what I have like thought. Of. Okay, I can't wait. Okay, okay. So so and and we both listened to this episode with B- Bishop Aaron, but he talks about Bon Balthazar. Which, mm. by the way, when you say Bon Balthazar, you automatically sound way smarter than you actually. One hundred percent. So say it again, Bon Balthazar. <laughs> so my husband loves this man. So. He goes through this idea. I love this. Ah, It's so beautiful. Um, He goes through this idea of when we start catechizing, it has to start with beauty. Mm. It then moves to goodness Mm. and it ends with truth. Mm. And if we flip-flop that, it can get really messy. It actually never leads to beauty. It just ends up ugly. It ends up ugly. So. Um, he, Bishop Baron uses the example of baseball, which I don't get me wrong, my family, we are baseball people. I grew up with the brewers, go brewers. Um, but for me, I was, I was like, Mike to my husband. I was like, what example can I use? And it came to me. I was like, theater. Mm-hmm. So here's my example. With theater, my world was rocked when I mm-hmm. saw Joseph and the amazing Technicolor dream coat. And I was like, "What is this magic world? Never even heard of this." Um, that I've never. Sorry, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it's a, total um, so it's a musical. Right okay, great. Um, and but it, the movie version is like a live, oh, ver- like it's a a okay. musical mm-hmm. movie. And I was like, "What?" And my world was like changed forever. Mm. And then when I was um, young, I was able to be in a high school production of *Music Man*. So I was a little Ooh, kid yeah. on stage, oh. and I'm like, little, I don't really know what's going on. I just kind of go with emotions, but I was really in it. Then as I got older, right then I changed to, I know more about the theater. I know the ins and outs. I know what kind of it requires. So, but it started with me
0: seeing the Mm, beauty of theater. Right, It just turned you on. You're like, oh my gosh. The
1: magic, the Mm -hmm, beauty, mm. the applause, the lights, the bows at the end. Like it was just magic, Mm, right? I saw the beauty and I wanted in. Mm. I wanted in so desperately. Mm. Then when I was in I saw the goodness of it. Mm -hmm. It got me out of my shell. It made me stronger. I got to conquer a lot of fears of mine. But then as I got older, it became truth. I had to learn. I had to work. I had to know what was going on. So my director said, go stage right. What are you doing? You're stage left. Go downstage. Like, what are these terms? Like, like you don't know these things until… You've gone through it. And then, you know, I get into the lighting booth and I start doing lighting in college. And then I start building sets. Like, these things would have been nothing. Right. If I, the first experience I had with theater was, hey, we're going to go work on lights. Right. What? But What are you talking about? Or it would have been my director shouting weird phrases at me. I'd have been like, what's happening? But if our children, Mm. bringing it back, if our children do not see the beauty of the Catholic faith, if they do not see the glory, mm. the saints, the amazing stories, if they don't see the fight of these great saints, if they don't see the magic within, and I don't mean magic like whatever, right. but if the the beauty,
0: right? And it's funny because I've actually been paying attention to this a little bit in mass with myself in mass lately where I do have that anxious feeling, especially when you're the only younger family with a bunch of kids and you're always like, oh, who's going to get mad at my loud, our <laughs> right. loud child what today? What getting? Right, right. And uh, some of that I just have to let go of. But I really started to realize like God this in my heart recently this idea of like instead of having my eyes looking over at this kid being like, he better not, he better not, or that girl <laughs> being like, oh, come on, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. If I just center myself and kneel with the reverence and the awe of what I what I would want to do if I was alone without my children and I wasn't stressed and worried about what they are going to do. And I know you can't always do that. There's a kid tugging at your shirt or whatnot, or you might have to excuse yourself and take somebody to the bathroom. Yeah. But when I can have those pockets, those seconds, those moments of kneeling in that reverence and that awe for our Lord and the Eucharist, and it's just the beauty of our faith and our church— that is going to be what sets the hearts of my children. Amen. Not mom yelling at them because they can't get their act together. Turn around. Right? So yeah. And I found a few times that I've actually been like, okay, I'm just going to ignore as long as it's appropriate to ignore, right? I'm not going to be totally inappropriate and let my kids run amok. But if I'm just going to ignore and just be present to our Lord here, in the church i have like caught after a few minutes where i'm like oh and i'm just like kind of like oh this is you peaceful like peek over i look eyeball. over and there's like a kid kneeling <laughs> like looking at mom like oh i'm doing what she's doing yeah. that's the point right and so that like leads me um right into a, another catechism quote guys you're just going to have to hear. follow along yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so it says okay catechism of the catholic church 2020 Twenty two, twenty six. right? It. Okay. Love it. Education in the faith by the parents should begin in the child's earliest years. This already happens when family members help one another to grow in faith. Now here's the key line, by the witness of a Christian life in keeping with the gospel. Say no more. They didn't say, okay, so when you sit them down and you teach them out of the textbook, they said, help one another to grow in faith by the witness of a Christian life in keeping with the gospel. Yes. That's the whole point. The witness that we are is yes. what will draw them to Christ. Yes. And i it's funny because my husband and I just gave a talk at our church on marriage. And this is one of the things we were talking about. That when you see something that is true, beautiful, and good, you are attracted to it, right? Yes. And I was talking about how critical the marriage unit is in this sense that If a marriage is thriving and living itself out, no marriage will be perfect, right? But in the perfect order that God desires it to be, it's attractive. I remember growing up, my husband's family was that to me. Like it was super attractive to see his parents in this wholesome family unit. I was so drawn to Paul and his family because of that. Yes. And that is what we as mom and dad can be as a witness to our children. It's the beauty of us living out. They're going to see the hard times, but it's that idea of like the forgiveness and the mercy and this just, the, there's going to be something that's appealing to them when the world is hard mm. and broken, but we have the security of God's love. And so we're living it out in our own homes, not perfectly. But an attempt to give glory to the God who deserves everything and we deserve nothing, right? There's something that's attractive about that, that you don't even have to say words and they will be drawn to live like you live. And if you're living a life in keeping with the gospel, that's just going to help them grow in faith.
1: Exactly. Yeah. The beauty, the beauty that we see in the goodness that. The ch- children desire to see that. And I know not all families are perfect, and, exactly. and there's single moms, there's divorce, everything that can come, but God can work with anything, right? 100%. Obviously, God has the perfect plan. But when children see mom and dad together mm-hmm. living out that faith, mm-hmm. how strong and convicted they will feel. And going along with that, catechism, mm-hmm. another quick one. Um, let's see if I can find it. It says, the fir- First, we must create a home. Where tenderness, mm. forgiveness, respect, fidelity, and disinterested service are the rule. And I'll be very honest, I did not know what disinterested service meant. Okay. So I had Mike explain it.
0: Oh, it's perfect. (laughs) It's something that Bonnie Landry talks about actually all the time because that bugged her. And she's like, I gotta get my head around this. So I've heard her explain it a bunch of times. So please explain it because it is really important.
1: And it's pretty, it's pretty it's pretty simple in the sense. It's it's any action action that you're doing without paying. So it could be, you know, bringing a meal to a family in need. It could be serving the poor. Like we do our our we do. The kids do at Adorate at our community, which is awesome, our homeschool group. They do brown lunch bags for the homeless mm-hmm. right these are disinterested services these are they're not collecting you're money not for. doing it
0: because i'm going to get exactly from you it's this like because disinterested can really be misleading you're like because i shouldn't care that's no i I was like i actually really care you want me to not care about how i serve my children no it's that you don't do it out of wanting a reward or payback. you do it because you just selflessly are giving which is really hard because you do want that pat on the back yeah but i loved
1: it i thought of you actually suzanne in this tenderness Mm. it needs to start your home needs to start with tenderness, mm. and I think that you've taught me that over the years of being a little bit and and not by any words, but just by your actions, like like asking for forgiveness mm. and things mm. like that. Like how crucial that is raising our children because if they see us being humble mm-hmm. and falling on our knees, like how many times I've crawled in my kids' beds and been like, at, you know, so at bedtime, sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like let's work together. Yeah. Like how many times I've done that? I didn't know that was a thing. Mm. I'll be completely no, honest totally true yeah. so it's just such
0: a raising children of the faith it's in every action that we do amen and I think especially in our seasons where I mean our some of our older kids are getting older but with regards to the young ones it is it was really so much of that just that being that witness yeah. of love and service that isn't didn't you read that it has a start at the earliest of age yeah, or something yeah, right yeah it has a start yeah. when they're like mm-hmm. little bitties and again I think you you touched on it so perfectly that a lot of homes are broken in the sense that they don't have that perfectly ordered in God's plans of the husband and the wife and the children and whatnot. And it's a real struggle. But like you said, God's graces can work through anything. A single mom can be that beautiful, if anything, actually more powerfully beautiful witness of that trust in our good father, even when life is really hard. And that is just going to set your children on a trajectory to know and love our God, because mom, look at mom. She has not had it easy. She's had it really hard, but she still knows our Lord is good. And she still loves us and serves us. And that's just going to be, that simpleness is going to be such an act to draw them to the goodness of God. Exactly. And so I feel like, obviously, there's, there's the way that God intended things, but that does not mean that there should be any lack of hope because if anything, there's even more power in the beauty that you can bring to your family when things aren't in that you know, perfectly yeah. designed order. And I wanted to touch on, okay, guys, the catechism. Well, I feel like we do I this have, a like, lot. I know. I, I have to do it. I, I know, have, we have to, to do it. Okay, don't don't apologize. Okay, this, do is, this is kind of a long one, so I hope I'm going to get to this here. Okay, let's see. So 2225 of the Catholic <laughs> Catechism says, through the grace of the sacrament of marriage, parents receive the responsibility and privilege of evangelizing their children. Parents should initiate their children at an early age, here we go again, early age, into the mysteries of the faith, which they are the first heralds for their children. They should associate them from their tenderest years with the life of the church. Now, this is the last line that I thought was super important. A wholesome family life can foster interior dispositions that are a genuine preparation for a living faith and remain a support or it throughout one's life and I feel like that's so powerful because mm. I feel like okay so I had to look this up I'm like okay wholesome let's define wholesome right yeah so the old um it's an old English rooted word and the word whole um the root of that was to benefit the soul And some was in a healthy sense. So to benefit the soul in a healthy sense. So a wholesome family life. Okay, it didn't say reading your children everything they should know or doing every prayer in the order it should do. It said a wholesome family life can foster interior dispositions that are genuine preparation for a living faith and remain a support for it throughout one's life. Yes. And that's so powerful. And so that's why like us, okay, so we're going to get into some way what's we more of the practical stuff next week and some of the real struggles, um, more the nitty gritty yeah. of the struggle of raising our children in the faith. But I think today's message is just, we really want to hone in on the fact that our love of God and us living that out to the best of our ability and getting on our knees and asking for forgiveness and mercy when we are sinful because we are and we yeah. mess up. But this goal to to first know that your children will come to know God through, we are supposed to be that first witness of Christ's love for our children. We aren't supposed to be the first dictators of knowing all the truths, like you said, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. not our goal when our kids are young. Our goal is for them to come to know Him through our actions, right? And of course you talk about God and you can do all that too. That's beautiful. But that should be supporting this idea of Living out this wholesome family life that draws them the security of knowing the good father that he is, through knowing the witness of it through us.
1: It's really, it's a really tall order.
0: It's a tall it's order.
1: Really hard. And I know some of our listeners might be listening, saying like, "What do I even start? Where do mm. I even begin with this?" And be so patient with yourself. Mm. And Suzanne and I beat ourselves up all, the, all time, the time. We fail miserably. Like, like I mean it to the my core. I cry about this all the time. Like, am I enough for my kids? Mm -mm. No, I'm not. Mm -mm. But Christ is. Right. right, And and trust in him that if Mm -hmm. you're even trying, if you're even giving an ounce of this, that God will use that for your children. Mm. And so don't put that pressure on yourself to be perfect, but put that pressure on yourself to
0: try. I read in a book, um, And this was really hopeful for me. I forget. Gosh, I wish I could quote it. I'll have to find it. Maybe put it in the show notes. You're one in millions of books. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this is one of the ones that I've read a bunch of times. So I, gosh, I'm going to mess it up. There's a couple of these little pocket books that I carry around with me all the time. And I can't remember which one (laughs) it comes from. But it talks about, um, it was a conversation that somebody was having with, I don't know if it was a saint or somebody was having, or if it was like a, a priest exorcist or something, but with the with the evil spirits or whatever. Yeah, and they were saying like, "Oh, is it like you know you can't break it when a person's so virtuous or so whatever." And they're like, "No, the thing we hate the most is man's goodwill, which is his intention to, to go like that. His comp- wanting to just keep coming back was so destructive because it was that heart intention, like our heart intention. Like sitting here, like we could both cry over our heart intention for our our children." Mm-hmm gonna screw up. But the enemy is shaking in his boots because our hearts fiercely want our kids to know God and love God. That is our goodwill. That is our fight to know. And he's like, oh, crud. I can't break through your goodwill. I can't break through that. And so for me, that was really hopeful. I get like goosebumps thinking about it because I'm like, because I do fail a lot. And God knows that. He wasn't expecting perfection, right? And, but it's that heart intention to keep coming back because it, and this is where the devil is so sneaky. Again, we've talked about on previous podcasts where he wants to live in our shame. So when we do screw up and we're not great moms, he's like, (laughs) and he wants to lock us down there. But when our, if we, and if anything, I think this is just a message for us to go home and pray for our our will, right? For us to have that good will. And I know, I think we all intend to have it, but we can get sucked into that trap of like, I'm just not good enough. So I kind of quit. I give up. I'm just never going to be good enough for these kids. I'm just kids. Keep I'm snapping just gonna, at them. I'm going to keep snapping gonna, at them. Yeah. This is just who I am, right? Right. And I will probably snap to the day I die yes. just because it's my fiery personality. But I don't like it. And I don't want to live like that. And my goodwill is that I fiercely want to be the mom that I'm called to be for these kids so that more than anything, and I pray it when I... I think I've talked about this in the past. I do, I have five kids. So when I do a rosary intimately by myself, I do a decade per child. Mm. And when I do it, yes, at certain times I might pray for a specific intention they're struggling with. But my biggest thing I always say is that for them to seek, know, love, and glorify you. Mary, please intercede because that's all I want. If they have that, done. The rest is done. I don't care where they're living, what career they have, who's their spouse, or if they haven't been able to have children, if they can't have children. My heart will ache if they have a hard life on paper, of course. But if they know our good God and they love Him, done. Done. The rest is done. Nothing Nothing else matters. matters. No. So I just pray for all of our listeners. And I don't know, Jules, if you could please add on after this, if you have stuff yeah, to add on. Please. But I just want to pray for our our, our great listeners and, and for ourselves to just keep reminding ourselves of that goodwill, yeah. that God delights in our heart movements towards Him. And He tenderly kisses our foreheads when we mess up. And He says, okay, child, come back. Like, mm. try again. And we're like, well, I do. I do want to try again. And He delights. And it, it kicks those enemies shaking in their boots out and it brings us to be able to live again to those greater heights that we're called to for our kids. So I just pray mm. that we can remember that, right? Because it, it can be really discouraging days as moms. It's really hard. It's, it's like really the hard. hardest thing on the face of this earth, right? We cry to each other all, all the, time. the time. All the time. Yeah. Can I end with a Father Mike Schmitz quote? I would love it. Because <laughs> you know how much I love him.
1: Listeners, you're just going to have to go along. Okay. Father Mike Schmitz. He, this was in a, a blog um, website that he had written something. It was a two question. So I will add that to the show notes if you want to read the whole thing it's unbelievable. Your life has a purpose and you have a mission in Jesus. And if you have been called to the vocation of marriage and the family, your mission field begins in your home Mm. to help the people living under your roof realize that their lives are not meaningless, that their lives are bigger than they seem, that there's a good who loves them. There's a God who loves them. I wrote that wrong. Also a good. Also a good. <laughs> Your mission is to them first of all, and then to everyone else you come in contact with. But they are first. Miss that, and you miss the very reason why you ever even exist. Oh, that's they powerful. They First. Your, love your children. Obviously. That just gave me first. goosebumps. I love him. I love him. I read, I literally, I'm not even kidding, Susie. i I read
0: this and I was like, yeah. Face ball in the air. <laughs> Get it, you got the right father mine. so true. It's On so fire. true. Yeah. So yeah. Beautiful. That's our mission. That is our mission. And Let's so God. we can um next week we can kind of dive into some of the 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 difficulties with living yeah. out that mission. Yeah. Trying to But we're in this with you guys. Yeah. So. Amen. We're praying for you, and please pray for us because we're hot mess mamas doing our best to as always to bring our children to Christ. So, all right, we love you guys. And thanks thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to Susanna Julie's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on each week's episode. Please consider leaving a review and sharing with a friend so they can continue to spread God's message. You can also follow them on Instagram and latteandlaundry.com.